Welcome to Beside the Burn for Friday the 28th of January. Uh, Today we reach the end of chapter 2 and we've been exploring uh, this encounter between Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had the dream in the middle of the night that kept him awake uh, because he couldn't work out what it was about. He was going to kill all the magicians and astrologers in his uh, kingdom because they couldn't tell him what the dream was and then interpret it. But Daniel went to the Lord and asked the Lord to reveal it and then he brought the message to Nebuchadnezzar. So as we left it uh, just at the end of verse 45, uh, we find out that Daniel has delivered the message to Nebuchadnezzar. He's told him uh, of what the statue stands for. He has really mapped out the next 600 years of history and what was going to happen. And Nebuchadnezzar is able to rest assured, as it were, that his position in history is going to be secure Daniel is going to hang around in Babylon for the next 65 years. He's going to have Nebuchadnezzar as king. He's going to meet some other kings as well along the way. And he's going to be there whenever Cyrus becomes king. But now today, as we get to verse 46 and to the end of the chapter, we find the reaction of Nebuchadnezzar to all of this. So let's read together and let's find out and the response to the interpretation and how Daniel benefits from bringing God's word. So verse 46, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered to him. So Nebuchadnezzar is really overwhelmed by what Daniel has said to him. I suppose in a way he's relieved that he's not going to be toppled as king, but he is the the, the golden head of the statue. He's overwhelmed as well because he has heard from God. God Almighty has chosen to give a message to him directly. Now, I don't know if Nebuchadnezzar knows the full history of Israel. I suspect he doesn't. But this is the Lord God Almighty speaking through a prophet to a foreign king, not the king of Israel to an enemy who has come and defeated Israel and carried some of the children of Israel into captivity and into exile. And yet God is using this foreign king and now is speaking to him and bringing him messages direct from the prophet. So this is all incredibly unusual. And Nebuchadnezzar, in response to this, falls face down And he pays homage to Daniel because Daniel has brought him this message and he commands that an offering is brought to Daniel and the incense is offered up to him as well. I'm not sure that this is worship. It it sort of borders on worship. But as we'll see from the next verse, Nebuchadnezzar has an understanding that Daniel has just been used by God and that God is the one who is to be worshipped in all of this. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Nebuchadnezzar just marvels at God, just how wonderful he is. What a great God this is, that he has sent the dream 
And then he sent the interpretation of it. Your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings. These are wonderful titles that are coming from a God who, or from a king who does not know God. And yet he is able to put into words all these titles and all these affirmations and this adoration and praise to the Lord God Almighty. I'm not convinced that this was a conversion. In fact, it's highly unlikely that it was a conversion, as we'll see from the very next chapter and what Nebuchadnezzar does there. But he certainly is in a different position from he was at the start of this chapter. Remember, we were thinking about his government and how long it would last as an enemy of God and why God wouldn't come and just deal with this king immediately. He had no interest in God. He had taken the precious items from the temple into his own temple. But here he is with an understanding of God now. And that's what we need to remember whenever we're praying for anyone, not just earthly rulers, but anyone that we're praying for, maybe a family member or a friend. God is able to dramatically work in people's lives. He dramatically worked in our lives in the past and continues to do so. And he can dramatically do the same in somebody else's life. If he can take Nebuchadnezzar and bring him to a position where he is saying these things of the Lord God Almighty, then perhaps he can turn around an earthly ruler today. Perhaps he can turn around a friend or a family member who has strayed far from him. We then move on to verse 48. Then the king gave Daniel high honours and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel is honoured. The king is a man of his word. He said that he was going to kill the wise men if they did not uh, tell him what the dream was. And whenever they said they couldn't do it, he sent Arioch out to kill them. He was going to do it. And he promised that the person who interpreted the dream would be given gifts and would be put in a position of honour. And that is what he does. The great gifts are given to Daniel. He's made ruler uh, over the province of Babylon. And he then is promoted. Now, this is someone who has just come through the three-year training program. He is an Israelite, but he has been instructed in the ways of Babylon. And this is how good this training program was, that he is now made chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. He is now the one who is in charge of them all. He's been promoted to that high position. And that is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful thing for Daniel and a great position of influence for someone from Israel to be put in. And what a change, because at the start of this chapter, his life was in danger, but God has been gracious and has now promoted him. So everyone in this story has been changed through what has happened. And Daniel, uh, just as much as anyone else. And then we find that Daniel makes a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. 
Daniel didn't forget his friends, his friends who had helped him in his moment of need whenever they had to pray that God would reveal uh, to Daniel the interpretation. The friends had prayed and now Daniel rewards them by asking the king to put them in a special position. Now all of this, I suppose, is quite reminiscent of Joseph. You think of Joseph taken away to a foreign country against his will and he then is elevated to a position at the right hand of the Pharaoh of the day and and rules over the land. And the message here for Daniel and the Israelites is the same message that we get from Joseph. God did not abandon Joseph. Even though he was in a foreign country, God still was in control and still shaped the circumstances. And if God didn't abandon Joseph, and he is promising here that he will not abandon Daniel, so then we can rest assured that he will not abandon us. And we know that because we've seen this great prophecy come true of the statue and the stone that crushes it. And we're now awaiting for that stone to come back again and the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God is with us even in times of exile. Egypt, well, the Israelites Eventually, they were slaves in Egypt, but eventually they were freed as God raised up Moses to lead them out of Egypt and into the promised land. Here they are now in Babylon. It's another Egypt for them. And they're praying that perhaps God will raise someone up to bring them back to that promised land. And here we are in this time of exile in the world today. And we are praying for the time when Jesus will return and take us to be with him in the new heaven and the new earth and with him. And so we have this wonderful, wonderful thought and promise and assurance of what God is doing. It's also interesting here, uh, just as a wee final note on this particular chapter, to note the wise men. They've been mentioned a lot in these two chapters and Daniel and his friends have been in this training program with them as well. It's probable that the wise men 600 years later, the Magi that came from the east uh, to bring gifts to Jesus when he was born, are probably descended from all of this. Obviously, it's not Babylon anymore. There have been several empires uh, gone from there, but they would have been in this tradition of the wise men of Babylon. Perhaps the teachings and the instructions have been handed down through the years And these magi come. So you can see a full circle here that the prophecy is given in Babylon. And then they come from Babylon in the east to visit Bethlehem and to worship the newborn king. So let's come before God and give thanks for Jesus, our Messiah. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for Jesus, the promised one. We thank you that he has come with victory over earthly kingdoms, with victory over Satan, with victory over sin and the grave. We thank you that he has risen with our forgiveness, risen with victory. And today, Lord, we trust in Jesus and we thank you for the hope that we have in him And we pray, Lord, that you would instill that hope in our hearts each and every day in all that we do. Amen.